You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Yep. Did that work? <laughs> yep. Did that work? <laughs> all right. Um, so, we are, we're kind of, our heads are in ski mode, ski and snowboard mode now, because it's gotten colder. We got some snow in the mountains a little bit uh, ago. I got some snow at my house um, over the weekend. Yeah? Yeah. Still there? No. Yeah. No, but it was... It got down to, it was three degrees at my house on Sunday morning when I woke up. That's awesome. Or Monday morning. Sunday, I forget which morning. One of those mornings I woke up and looked at my phone it said three degrees. So that's, uh, and there was snow on the ground. Yeah. That was pretty cold. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's starting to get to that time of year and, um, you know, I was just talking to my mother-in-law. She was actually the one that suggested this, this topic um, to talk about because she had been reading in I think it was Outside Magazine or something like that. They were saying that um, they're expecting for backcountry ski sales to be up again this year uh, because uh, because of the coronavirus limitation stuff. Um, uh, they may limit how many people are at the resorts and, and different things and, and more and more people are just uh, starting to go into the backcountry, and so they're expecting those numbers to be up. And if you're one of those that are listening that you want to ski, but you're not sure how the resort stuff's going to work, and you're thinking you want to get into the backcountry a little bit, we want to talk about uh, some of the steps that you can take to to uh, be prepared educationally, be prepared uh, when it comes to your gear, um, but just be ready to get out in the backcountry and be safe. This is, no, this is huge because when I first started, I didn't know about any of this stuff. Um, and a couple, I mean, first I want to say this is the Gear 30 podcast. Come down to Gear 30 in Ogden if you're local and chat with us. So you say, hey, I'm new to the backcountry. We'll, we'll show you uh, the gear that we have for sale in the store that'll, that'll help you stay s- safe, obviously. Um, but also get you, more importantly, get you in touch with some of the the people and places and websites that you need to be checking and uh, some of the classes and and we'll go over those here in this podcast but um come say hi if you just want to uh, uh kind of you know meet someone who's familiar with the backcountry come come on down to the shop and we'll we'll kind of get you on the get you going in the right direction yep um so have you have you done some of those avalanche courses before so i don't teach them but i am on on the board for ogden avalanche uh, I, I MC the Utah Avalanche Center fundraiser every year. However, uh, they didn't do it this year. It was all online because uh, of COVID. So as far as Ogden Avalanche goes, um, if you're local, jump on your Instagram and follow Ogden Avalanche right now because that'll help you see exactly what's going on in our backyard 
Utah Avalanche Center uh, is is a great a great place to start. They don't necessarily put somebody in our backyard, so I think they have one in Logan and a few in Salt Lake. Uh, as far as as those who are out every day and measuring the snowpack and telling you what the conditions are in Ogden, you'll want to follow Ogden Ogden Avalanche for our local conditions here, and then compare that to what the UAC Utah Avalanche Center has on their website, so that you have a pretty good picture of what's going on in Utah. Our mountains can be different from, from I mean, powder in any one storm, Powder Mountain can be different from Snow Basin, and it's just across the valley. So you compare that to Salt Lake or what they're seeing in Logan, the snowpack can change depending on where, where you're at in the Wasatch Front here. So um, Ogden Avalanche works with a crew, I should say, a bunch of people who are, are avid backcountry travelers who get out all the time and they will submit observations and so you can go to ogdenavalanche.org and and kind of look at what's going on there on the blog but really follow the the instagram page because that'll be active once the snow starts flying nice yeah so years ago um back when i was a teenager i I got into backcountry skiing and all of my backcountry education came from books i just read a bunch of books on avalanches and stuff like that so i knew the basics but it was all from books and then i went out and tried to practice it but i didn't really have professional training and i did that for years and years and years and then um you know i I went and i took some free classes like but they weren't like the airy classes they weren't Mm -hmm. avi one or airy one or whatever they were just kind of like free workshop type things and i did a few of those um, but people would always come to me cause they knew I love to backcountry ski. And so they're like, Hey, can you teach me? And I'm thinking, yeah, I can teach you what I, what I've learned, but I'm not, I'm not a trained expert or whatever. Well, a few years back, um, Daniel Turner from the Weber state outdoor program, he invited me and my wife to go on a backcountry skiing trip slash area one course. And uh, we went up, they've got a yurt, uh, Weber State has a yurt up in, uh, up by Bloomington Lake in the mountains above Bear Lake. Gorgeous. Amazing. Such a cool place. And amazing backcountry skiing and just fun. And so we went and spent a few days up there sleeping in the yurt. Uh, three days, two nights, I think. Um, and just had, had an awesome time backcountry skiing, but I couldn't. I learned so much and I had been backcountry skiing for years. I had been practicing with my beacon. I I dug pits, I'd read all the books and stuff, but um but they were so knowledgeable and I learned I learned a lot of a lot I learned some new things and a lot of other things that I'd learned but forgotten were reinforced the importance of them and I learned how to be faster and more efficient using my beacon and, and stuff like that. And my wife, who had been backcountry skiing with me for a little while, felt so much more confident doing that course. And it was super fun. Yeah. Like, like getting away, going up to the yurt and stuff. So, I don't know if they'll be doing that this so year. So Weber but. State University, yeah, go to – now, you don't have to be a student to, right. to, to be part of this. So if you're part of the community here in Ogden – um, or you're from out of town, but you'll be in Ogden at the time. Weaver State University outdoor program does host classes, including a yurt trip. And I think two or three a year they do. So yeah. I don't know what they're doing because of COVID. So check. Um, but it's uh, weaver.edu slash outdoor, I think, yep. for their website. Um, had a great time, though. And 
Uh, and is that a Avi one? Yeah, it was an Avi one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I haven't done, I haven't done level two or level three um, classes. Level one is, I would say, level one and level two. I'd suggest to anybody who's an avid backcountry skier, um, a level one to anybody who wants to get into it. Level two um, is even better. Um, is three for those who are looking to instruct? Yeah, for professionals. Yeah. Yeah, who are guiding or, or looking to instruct or that sort of thing. They've also changed how they... Um, they've kind of changed the structure and the names of the courses now and your, your kind of level of training. And I don't... It's not like one, two, three anymore like it used to be. Mm. Um, they've, they've changed the names. That, so I don't really remember exactly how... How they work but anyway the guys up there at weber state particularly daniel um super knowledgeable have all the training um in order to instruct you on all that stuff and it's such a cool especially they teach them locally so you don't have to go on that year trip because your trip's more expensive they teach them locally for cheaper and and you still get some great backcountry skiing in you get a lot of good education but if you can make that backcountry your trip work that's just so fun. And that's on top of the Know Before You Go plan. So Know Before You Go is is the basics. So if you're a snowshoer, trail runner, uh, beginning backcountry traveler, Know Before You Go is, 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 is kind of the process. Like put yourself through that training. They do, I don't know what they're, like we're trying to figure out what we're going to do here locally if we're just going to do them virtually or whatnot, but the know before you go website does have basically all the information on it. And it's the, it's abbreviate, all the abbreviation. So it's kbyg.org, kbyg.org, which stands for know before you go. Uh, basically it's, uh, is it five steps? I think, um, five step program. Number one, get the gear. That's your transceiver probe and shovel that you always have to have, um, know how to use all the gear, practice with the gear, get the forecast. So know what's going on as far as the weather is concerned, get the picture, know what to look for in the, the conditions, the recent avalanche activity, the change in wind, snowfall, temperature. That's all the conditions. If you have any collapsing snow, uh, recent wind deposits, that kind of a thing. And then number five, stay out of harm's way. Know how to traverse through the backcountry to stay out of the way. One person on a slope at a time. Um, also, by the way, uh, don't travel solo. Um, cross or ride suspect slopes one at a time. Find a buddy or don't help a buddy find a lost skier in a hazard terrain. Uh, don't stop in an area exposed to avalanche. Learn what a terrain trap is. So th those kinds of things stay out of harm's way and then, you know, don't be a victim. So if you, if you know those five things, get the gear, get the training, get the forecast, get the picture and then get out of harm's way. That's the know before you go overlook that these classes are all free. A lot of times, you know, pre COVID they were held at like breweries or pizza places or gear shops. And, um, you know, we did one at gear 30 for the last couple of years that were, uh, combined with we were outdoor program and the, the pizza place and we had beer and we just hang out and we talk about no before you go oh that was really loud that was my computer <laughs> sorry um so you know that's 
that's kind of like the place to start. Start at Know Before You Go. You can get there through the Utah Avalanche Center links or just search Know Before You Go or kbyg.org. And you should at least do that and be familiar with that program um, before going into the backcountry or really even before playing in outside and winter stuff. It'll help you no matter what. And then in Utah, we do have a pretty awesome um you know, Utah Avalanche Center has been around for years and they, they have all kinds of classes. They do teach the know before you goes. They have resources and tutorials. Um, well, they have workshops that they offer, snow workshops, avalanche workshops. There's things like Avalanche Rescue Clinic, Backcountry 101. Um, yeah. And then Ogden, these are... These are options for the upcoming season, but I don't know how we're going to pull them off yet. So there's a preseason checklist workshop, snow and avalanche journals workshop, terrain management workshop, the know before you go workshops, backcountry rescue and getting help, what's in your pack um, workshop. Oh, that's it. So there's different types of clinics that you can sign up for or check out. We're just, we're trying to put together all these dates are to be determined because we're trying to figure out how to bring these to the people. Cool. Um, another great tool that you should look into, especially if you're in Utah, but but um, there are tools like this in, in other areas as well, is there's the, um, I'm trying to look for it on my phone, uh, the UAC phone app. Um, so you UAC can go, is Utah, but... Yeah, the Utah. So, so this is separate from Ogden Avalanche, I guess. Yeah, um, this UAC. is the Utah Avalanche Center. Um, but you can look up on their phone app you can it shows logan ogden salt lake provo uinas skyline moab abajo um areas in utah and it'll show the um avalanche forecast and so before you go out and and also um recent information on um on traffic on road conditions and recent information on on slides in your area um there's there's some real avid backcountry skiers around here that'll go out. Daniel Turner's one of them. Um, Derek, Joe, uh, Kobe, Ben, Corey, yeah, all of those guys. Yeah. Um, they're out there regularly, and so they're if they see any slide activity or anything, they'll take pictures. They'll post it on that on that uh, app and stuff, and so you can see what's happening out there. You can get a good idea of what you're getting into before you go. Um, and also, you can help contribute to that if you see avalanche information and avalanche conditions that are that are good or bad, or um, you've seen a, an avalanche that's slid. You can take a picture, send it in, and, and that sort of thing. So it's a good way to to get information for that stuff. Um, what else? So if you need your if you need your Avi gear. Gear 30 has that, of course. Yep. Your skis, your bindings, so, your boots, your we got in, skins, beacon, shovel probe. Um, to help support Ogden Avalanche, and this is very important, uh, you can come to Gear 30 and buy a custom skin for your skis. And it was designed by Ogden Avalanche's own uh, Denver Botter. She's an artist, local artist. And so the graphic on the bottom of the skin is her graphic, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool. So it's the... 
big sky big map big sky mountain products what, what the heck is the name of that skin company we brought them this is the first year we're bringing them in chase really liked their skins the because he thought they for the performance and the price they were great they're a great product but then when we met with them at the outdoor retailer show they said hey you know you can customize these if you want and we're like yeah let's customize Sweet. them yeah so denver did um gave you have to you have to make it a certain graphic that's repeatable you know and supplied the graphic and then ten dollars from each skin that we sell goes to support the ogden avalanche um group it's a non-profit so yeah yeah we have those exclusively at gear 30 you can only get those at gear 30 or gear 30.com if you're from out of state and want to support locally here thank you so much just go to gear30.com and look those up um you can see they're pretty cool pretty cool skins yeah awesome yeah. Uh, we also have pomoka skins in the shop if you're not a fan of the big sky i should probably look it up is it big sky or big mountain uh, big sky montana skins yeah something What's like cool that is there chase would know a small group but let's see big sky is it big sky Mon mountain products or uh, something yeah <clears throat> while you're looking that up um one thing to point out is peeps had a recall on some of their beacons whoops yeah not good people die this is not okay yeah so um if you have a peeps beacon definitely look that up um you can go to black is it on black diamond's website do they have black the, diamond's website yeah yeah so if you bdel.com or black diamond equipment or something like that.com um black diamond equipment.com you can uh, look up information, all the details on that recall. Um, Peeps, one of the longest, they've been around as long as pretty much any transceiver brand out there. And they're, they're really well made. They're, they're usually pretty well designed. But I guess in this case, um, uh, there's potential that if you get in an accident that uh, your beacon, which was, it's on always on send I guess a, a button can get bumped or, or a slide can get bumped or whatever and it can send it to receive. I actually can't find it on their website. Oh, really? I just saw an article the other day that they that they were, you could go, you could contact Black Diamond or Peeps. Let's see, let me go to Peeps' website. But I can't find it on Black Diamond's website. Avalanche. Beacons. Um, but uh, Peeps is owned by Black Diamond now. Okay, so it, uh, effective immediately, Peeps is recalling the Peeps Vector Avalanche transceivers due to functional issues that may not be readily apparent to the user. So the Peeps Vector. Well, there's like five of them. Uh, just looking here. Pretty sure. Oh, this is this is from 2015. Yeah, because it, it's, uh, right. it's the it's the new D ones. The DSP. DSP. DSP, DSP Pro, and some other ones. Okay, so here. Um, Warranty conditions. Wild Snow has an article here. It says, skiers demand Peeps DSP beacon recall. Uh, update. Yesterday, Peeps issued the following on their Instagram statement. We know that confidence in your equipment is key. If you have any concerns about your DSP Pro slash Sport, please contact us. We will offer you an upgrade to the latest generation of our Avalanche transceivers. Um, it says, since first publishing this piece on 10-2020, 20, 
We have received word there is a class action lawsuit. We have not confirmed this with Peeps, Black Diamond, or overarching Claris Corporation. So I saw that, and that is out of Canada. A guy, an attorney out of Canada, who is who has filed a class action lawsuit against Peeps and Black Diamond. Um, if you, it sucks because we sold so many of these, and we we have them in the shop. Uh, they're great. There is a flaw in them. So if you have the DSP Sport, um, send it into Peeps. They should. Uh, Chase has one, and Chase is going to send it in, and so we'll see how the process goes, and we can talk to him about it um, on another podcast. But yeah, if you have a Peeps transceiver, or now did BD make their own, or is, are they all under Peeps name? Um. They're under peeps, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> By the way, it is Big Sky Mountain Products are the climbing skins that we All have right. in the shop. Big Sky Mountain Products, you can go big. It's skis, ski, ski skins online dot com. I'm like, how what is this? Ski skins online dot com for. And then ours are ours have our custom graphic specifically for Ogden, which are cool. All right, so. I guess according, uh, the issue is that the on-off switch. There's a there's a button that locks the on-off switch in place, but apparently there's uh, there's some people that are claiming that that switch is faulty or whatever that lock is faulty, and that um, beacons can get turned off in the event of an avalanche. They can accidentally get turned off. Yeah. Because what happened is when when some professional skiers were um, filming for TGR. I guess one of the skiers got swept into an avalanche and they they were trying to find him and they couldn't get any sort of signal. A lucky probe strike hit him and they dug him out and they got him out um, luckily, but they couldn't figure out what was wrong. They looked at the, at the beacon. The beacon was turned off. And they had, before they went up and skied it, they had done beacon checks and everybody's beacons were on and working functionally or whatever everything was fine and the only thing they can think of is that somehow it got turned off um that locks there's a so there's this slide on the side that you can slide up and down to turn it on and off and to turn it from uh send and receive modes or whatever and you have to push a button to slide it up and down and apparently they think that maybe either the button got pushed and it got slid on or off or, or off or whatever or um maybe that on-off thing was faulty or something like that. Anyway, so that now there's a lot of people that are up in arms saying that this needs to either be fixed or, or what else? So or people die. More people die. So, um, according to uh, Peeps, a statement that they made on, on their Instagram, we have received inquiries about the design and safety of the Peeps DSP Sport and DSP Pro Avalanche beacons. These beacons have undergone undergone. Vigorous testing and exceed all certification standards. They have been sold globally since 2014 and used by countless backcountry travelers ever since. A beacon is a personal safety tool which must be properly used and maintained. Any misuse may compromise its functionality. Please refer to the video on the fourth slide. But by your safety in the backcountry is our top priority. Please reach out to Black Diamond North America in North America or Peeps in Europe if you need further information. Um... So, I mean, there's always the possibility that, um, you know, uh, well, for example, I, I have a buddy who got swept, uh, swept away in an avalanche. He hit a rock as he was tumbling and it hit his 
beacon and his beacon was broken by smacking the rock. Oh, wow. Prob that beacon probably saved him, though, because he would have smacked the rock. That's not how they designed it. No, that's <laughs> not. Um, he actually didn't get buried completely, and he was a, they were his buddies were able to get him out and stuff, and he was okay. Dinged up. He was quite bruised up, but his beacon probably saved him because his beacon nailed the rock and just smushed it. It, it was broken. So there's always chances that, like, your beacon may not work perfectly because you could nail a rock or mm -hmm. you can nail a tree or some something can happen um, that is just uh, just getting unlucky essentially and it's not because of the design of the beacon. Of course, there's also the potential for user error and I'm, I don't want to say that this person who got who got swept away and unluckily was found that he that he misused the beacon. But there is a chance that maybe somewhere, um, you know, I've I've used beacons for years and years, and there have been times where I've gotten a little bit casual about my beacon use to the point where, you know, I'm halfway up a mountain, skinning up a mountain, and I realize my beacon's not on. That's so uh, routines are the best way to do this, and that's where it's um, people who are trained, and it's just it's feels redundant to do this every single time but if you have a system and you keep those habits then you don't forget and right. do stuff so right. yeah you, every time before you start you do your beacon test at the bottom of of where you're starting um it's these little habits that you learn hopefully in training in your abby one class and stuff they teach you these things um and you just got to do it every time because as soon as you get comfortable that's when bad things happen yeah you know with that said I've, I've got my routines for backcountry travel and most of the time I, I do that but when I get into certain routines and everything's kind of working on autopilot for the most part sometimes something can happen in my life that can throw me off throw that routine off a little bit and then I'll forget something yeah and so not only do you want it to be a routine and be a habit but you also need to be really thinking consciously about what you're doing because i mean if you're like me and you go backcountry skiing two or three mornings a week then those beacon routines can get pretty routine uh, yeah and yeah, that's um, true. and so then sometimes you just find yourself wow i'm i'm halfway up this mountain and I just totally spaced something important, and uh, and so you do you just you do need to be on top of that stuff, and so we'll see what happens with this peep stuff. We'll keep you guys up to date as we hear more in the future, if we hear more in the future. Uh, but just be aware of that. Um, if you have a peeps beacon or any other beacon, make sure you know how to use it correctly. And, um, you know, what's interesting is Peeps is the DSP beacons. They've been one of the top rated beacons for, I don't know how long in all the different reviews, all the different we comparisons. We sell a ton of them. Yeah. And they're awesome. All the different comparisons of the various beacons, they tend to be the easiest to use. They tend to be a, a favorite mm -hmm. among most people. And so I think they're a great beacon. Um, but just if you have one or you're thinking about buying one, maybe look into that potential recall or, or try to learn more about why some people are concerned about it um, and see if it's maybe it's a user error thing maybe it's something you can learn from and and, and be a little bit safer in the backcountry <clears throat> so uh, anyway hopefully if you're getting into the backcountry <clears throat> or you've been in the backcountry uh, 
skiing or snowboarding for a long time, you found this podcast helpful, insightful. Maybe it reminded you of something that you need to you need to do to get ready for this this season or whatever. Put new batteries in your transceivers. There you go. Yeah, now's the time to uh, <clears throat> to take the old batteries out and put them in your TV remote <laughs> and get buy brand new batteries. How come how come batteries last so long in your TV remote? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They last like two years. Or longer. Really? They I only think. last me like four weeks, which probably means I'm watching way too much TV. I'm just kidding. They do last two years. Um, also, uh, don't use rechargeable batteries in your beacon. Why is that? They, well, maybe this is, I, I think I heard that once. I think I heard somebody say, don't use rechargeable batteries, but. I think you're right. Um. Though. Because there's no sign, like all of a sudden they'll just die. Right? Yeah, especially if they're like a, a lithium-ion battery or whatever. But, mm. but I'll tell you, there's some batteries that tend to handle the cold better than others. Um, but you generally just your standard batteries are usually safest because the the beacon will stay on. You'll be able to see what battery life you have left. Um, anytime your battery life gets below about eighty percent then you want to change your batteries and you want to keep it above 80 percent which um, it'll stay at 90 above 90 all season if you don't ever use it use it yeah if you're not if you're not searching mm -hmm. if you're just sending um but if you but if well, you are depending on how often you go but yeah. right and if you're if you do go out um early in the season go out and practice go out and find bury a beacon in a backpack or whatever and go find it and and go practice and you know spending three or four or five dollars on new batteries a couple times a season uh, is as much as well worth it in order to get plenty of practice in yeah. and uh and be ready because the moment that somebody actually gets buried you want to know what you're doing you want to be flawless you want to have your system dialed you want to be fast efficient all those things so and that only comes through practice and training so all right thanks for joining us for the podcast um if you uh, enjoyed the podcast, subscribe. Also check out gear30.com. That's G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com uh, for deals on backcountry gear uh, as well as uh, skis, new and used, <clears throat> and, uh, and other stuff. Sweet. And uh, that's it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.